Today's episode of the Mets Up Podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. First off, that's huge. And that's what we use here on the Mets Up Podcast. I highly suggest it. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other streaming services. And you're allowed to make money from your podcast from day one with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So make sure you guys download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What is up, Mets Up listeners, Mets fans, emergency episode dropping here on a Friday after work. We want to catch the after work crowd, and it's because we have massive, massive news. Of course, you guys already saw it, but Major League Baseball is back. The Mets are back, baby. We can actually talk about baseball. That has some meaning. Me and James are back. We're going to be rocking out episodes every week during the season, twice a week, so make sure you're following us on Twitter, on Instagram, YouTube, at MetsUp. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're downloading, make sure you're dropping a five-star rating and review because the baseball season is back, the content is back, and we are so excited to actually get to talk baseball with you guys. So, of course, let's bring in James here. James, we were hanging out all day yesterday. I have a pretty good feeling how you're feeling, but tell, tell the listeners at home. What's what's the vibes? Physically feeling terrible. It's a big this big uh, flu game episode for James over here, similar to my COVID episode from December. But emotionally, I'm I'm on a cloud. I, f- I felt like drunk since the middle of the day yesterday. I literally have been home, and MLB Network has been the only thing that I have been watching. I haven't watched YouTube videos. I haven't watched Twitch streams. I'm watching MLB Network. It's so refreshing that you can just turn on the TV and there's content that isn't 1982 World Series on MLB Network. I love that we're talking about moves. I love that we're talking about free agents, trades, rumors, everything. Let me tell you, those Mets, they're involved in almost every single conversation, it feels like. Definitely. And I'm just relieved that we're talking about 162-game season. I was going to be a little bit scared if we had to fuck up the whole schedule, fuck up, I don't know, eventually we're going to fuck up the, the divisional schedule. I'm happy we're going to get all the games that we intended to get. We're still getting our home opener. I'm going to be there. I have a feeling you're going to be there on April 15th. We're going to be unveiling the Tom Sievert statue. It's going to be a magical day. Hopefully, we're hanging out with the Seven Line Army. It's going to be fucking awesome. Big photo op, for sure. That Tom Seaver statue. And just getting back in the stadium. Hate to be like, you know, uh, Zoomer here, but the vibes are just going to be immaculate. Since yesterday, like you said, it's been a high. We felt drunk. I mean, we might have been like a little buzzed because we are boozing it up at the Big East Tournament. But once that news broke, it just felt like... Whew, everything just got a whole lot better and a little bit of normalcy returned to life because like we've been feeling better because COVID everything's kind of getting a little more back to normal now we had that scare back in you know early January but then baseball wasn't around and it was starting to get a little bit warmer we were starting to get some sunny days that's what was missing and today 55 degrees sunny out Mm -hmm. baseball's back it's like the baseball gods are shining down on us I feel great I literally just came from the diner in my neighborhood, Tina's Place in Bushwick, if anybody knows. It's fucking fantastic. Been around almost 100 years. And I just sat at the counter, ordered some soup, some chicken and rice Greek soup. Blue-collar guy next to me, we talked about the Yankees infield for a half hour. That's how you know that baseball's back. Baseball is back. And since baseball's back, let's go ahead and talk about those New York Mets, because that's what you guys are here for. We can tell you all about the CBA. We're done. I don't care anymore. The lockout's over. Numbers mean nothing, especially when your owner 
is Steve Cohen. And let's be honest, he's going to blow through all the tax thresholds. They created the Steve Cohen tax, which I guess is the one thing we can talk about, which I think it starts at $290 million. I think the Mets are at 271 right now. So I'm loading up Spocheck right now because there's been some discrepancies over what the Mets are at. Heyman said they were $7 million away from the threshold earlier today, which if you haven't learned over the last two weeks to stop following John Heyman and probably just mute him, I don't know what you've been paying attention to. The guy is, I mean, I've called him the sauce boss for a reason. He's just, he's always sauce and he never actually tweets out anything that seems truthful. He was trying to flip that hole that the Mets were holding up this negotiation when, one, they weren't the only team that denied uh, or vetoed the proposal, and two, there's a, a lot of other people that would have to say no. It wouldn't be the only votes of Scherzer and Lindor if it ever got postponed. But fuck it, we're back, so who cares? No one cares. No one cares. Spotrack is telling me right now the Mets 40-man payroll is only $246 million. That feels low. Is there still arbitration stuff that needs to be handled? Or I believe we did all of that before before the lockout, correct? I, I, I don't remember. That was literally 100 days ago. So you're, you're asking me to dig, dig, dig into 2021 memories. That's something I can't do right now. But whatever it is. Apparently, the Mets are close, getting close to that fourth Steve Cohen tax threshold, and it seems like he just doesn't really care. He's going to go out and spend. I mean, I've been seeing names that were linked to all day <laughs> on MLB Network today. They showed, like, the big three free agents, and they showed them in new uniforms, which I thought was cool because we haven't seen this stuff in 100 days. And they had Correa on there. They had Freeman on there. They had Kershaw on there. And every single one of them had a Mets uniform in it. And even Greg Amsinger was talking about it. He's like, one, our producer, huge Mets fan. So that's probably why. He's like, but two, it's a realistic possibility because Steve Cohen will just honestly do whatever he wants. Yeah, our friend Tim Ryther from the Apple NYM, both on his podcast, again, great guy. He has the Mets current payroll right now, $271 million. So our, our guesses were correct. And does it even really matter? I mean, we're rich now. It's not our money. And Steve Cohen has $14 billion that we are aware of that he's made public. So uh, he doesn't care. I don't care. I don't know how many more formaldehyde sharks that uh, Steve Cohen has, but we could probably trade in a few of those for a couple of ballplayers because we need them. Yeah, we, we definitely need a few. And I guess to start off, starting pitching feels like the number one place we have to go through. We're going to name about, what, like five or six guys that the, think the Mets should probably go after right about now. And I feel like it starts with starting pitching, and let's talk about Carlos Rodon because I feel like that's the best guy out there for the Mets right now who could really make a huge impact on this team. Of course, and we've talked about Carlos Rodon, I feel like, six or seven times now in this show and even doing our friend War these live streams. He's fantastic, but you kind of just have to recalibrate your expectations with Rodon, not really expect a workhorse, which is fine. This Mets team right now could use 120 really, 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 really good innings in the absolute worst way. So he should be at the top of the wish list, and Mets fans should be getting excited about the possibility of Carlos Rodon on this team. Yeah, I mean, I was was talking about Rodon, and it's like, yeah, he's probably only going to give you that 120, like you said, but last year, those 100 innings where he was pitching at his healthiest and at his best, he was simply one of the best pitchers in baseball. So to be able to have him, DeGrom, and Scherzer even together for 120 innings would be massive, massive to this team's success. Yeah, massive. And again, just like, the Mets need to find probably 250-ish more innings right now from wherever we can possibly find them. And Carlos Rodon taking out about half of them expected would be great because, again, this guy's literally one of the best pitchers in baseball last year when he was healthy. From opening day to July 1st, he had the fourth highest strikeout rate, he had the fourth best K-minus walk rate, he had the 10th lowest whip, and he had the seventh most F-war of all pitchers in all of baseball. Literally all pitchers in all of baseball. So the guy very clearly was a top-ten pitcher in baseball until he ran out of gas. So it's about the team he signs with to create a system where he won't run out of gas. So you just use him for less probably in the first year, see how the second year goes. But you use him for a more abbreviated amount of time, and you have a potential ace. 
Yes, and again, you buy out those first that first year of maybe not the full performance of Carlos Rodon, and you you save money when he's pitching 150, 180 innings in year two, three, four, however long the contract's going to be. He's my number one guy. I think he's he's pretty much at the top of your list as well for dudes that we need to pick up. He's my clear number one. There isn't even anybody in the same stratosphere right now as Carlos Rodon for the Mets. And then another guy on the pitching side, which we've talked about at nauseum, but let's mention him, Yusei Kikuchi, mm-hmm. who also would be a nice fill-in. When you talk about needing to eat up those 250 innings a guy like Kikuchi isn't the sexy pick he isn't the fun pick but there's a lot of stuff to get interested about Kikuchi and he'll definitely be an improvement upon what we have yeah big improvement Kikuchi's just a good pitcher he kind of gets a little bit of flack because he came to the major leagues with so much hype in 2019 and was objectively horrific just didn't throw as hard as he had used to throw and his breaking balls were not as sharp and he got bombed his ERA was like over five that 2019 year with the Mariners but he went to driveline that's the classic uh one-liner that you want to hear all your struggling pitchers do go to the driveline. All of his pitches got better. He got more velocity. He cleaned up his mechanics. And he has shown, like, spurts and stretches of being a truly 2-3 rather than the 4-5 that he appears to be right now. And I think just with the Mets' great pitching staff, coaches, Jeremy Hefner. Happy birthday, Jeremy Hefner, too. Fuck. We oh. should we should have led with Jeremy Hefner's birthday. What an absolute misplay oh, by us here. man, my guy. God. But still. I think Juicy Kuchi would be great for the Mets, especially just pitching the beautifully wonderful wide, deep city field. Any other pitchers that are on your radar that you think would be a nice pickup for the Mets? I mean, there's plenty, dude. I think Danny Duffy could be really fun. He just he he's like the Carlos Rodon injury risk, but to the max. Like he's even more risky than Rodon, probably being less effective. You're probably only looking at eighty to hundred innings of him, but he's a lefty who could work out of the rotation or the bullpen. He had big time strikeout numbers last year in a year that he only pitched half the season, so I like him a lot. Michael Pineda, I think is better than people give him credit for. He's a guy who's like one adjustment away from probably being like 20% better than he was the last two years. He's also gotten really fat in the last couple of years. Conditioning, it hasn't been great, clearly. I don't know how motivated he is out in Minnesota. But getting back to New York, where he used to be pretty successful, I think he'll be okay. Then pass that Tyler Anderson, classic rotation oatmeal. It's not going to walk anybody. He's not going to allow hard contact. He's going to make people chase. But he's going to have those very classic like Tyler Anderson, three innings, eight run outings once in a while. Well, I think Johnny Cueto was like shockingly can still be useful for a team. I'd love to get Big Johnny out there for 100 innings. Think he could be kind of just funny. Johnny is vibes. Yes, 100 percent. Big time vibes. He's fitting very well with the uh, with the clubhouse environment we have here. He would definitely be the guy. I think keep everyone a little loose too. I'd, I'd love to see him and Pete together. I feel like they would have a good time. Johnny Cueto and Pete Alonso. Him and Lindor too. Yeah, him and Lindor. I don't know how much conversation would be had between Johnny Cueto and Pete Alonso, but I think it would make good content. It'd be a lot of pointing. Be like, oh, be like, oh. <laughs> That's exactly what it'd be like. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of pitching available on the market. The The cool picks are clearly Kershaw, Rodon. Yeah. Like those are the big names. But there's a lot of, like you said, oatmeal that exists that would be really helpful to this Mets team. Also, we still have a guy like Tyler McGill who could come yeah. in and eat a big chunk of innings and still be really good. He did a lot of good stuff last year. And Carrasco. Carrasco's the acquisition. Again, there's the bullshit Wilpon uh, vernacular. But he's like the type of acquisition because he didn't really pitch last year. And when he did pitch, it wasn't at his highest... Uh, Highest potential, but he could either 130, 140 innings and be much better than people think. And these free agent pitchers we're mentioning, Danny Duffy, Yusei Kikuchi, even throw like Jacob Junis, Matt Boyd, Vince Velasquez out there. These aren't going to be sexy picks. It's not going to be that much fun from the outside. Colin McHugh, Chad Cool, Stephen Brault, but these are the types of pitchers who are going to help this Mets team get past the Braves and possibly win a division. They need a lot of them. Yeah, we need depth. We need depth badly. We saw the depth that we had last year. We thought it was decent, and we found out it wasn't nearly enough. Sign as many Major League Baseball-capable pitchers as we can, and we worry about where they fit in when we need to. It's it's not a bad problem to have by any means to have too much pitching. Definitely. That's even more of a concern with the short and spring training we're about to go to and just a four-week ramp up until the season. 
We saw in 2020, but there's going to be a lot of like small, tiny little nagging injuries that pop up left and right all season long, especially in the early parts of it. You need to make sure you have the depth that's fortified to the point where you can stay afloat and you can remain to be competitive and you can keep yourself ready for when everybody's ready, then you get hot. And then in terms of the bullpen, I feel like we could probably grab a couple arms as well. It feels like everyone really wants a, a left-handed reliever because we lost loop. Is that completely necessary? Like, no, but in a division that has Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, it is nice to have someone who can come in and kind of handle those guys. To me, I want Jake Diekman friendly with him. He's a Crohn's guy as well. He technically has colitis, but we're, we're brothers in uh, IBS diseases. And I want Jake Diekman. He's got nasty stuff. He's got great strikeout, a swing and miss stuff. He does walk a few guys here and there, but when you throw 99 from the left-hand side with a filthy sinker, a nasty slider, like that's going to happen. But his stuff at times is untouchable. And I would love to see how Jeremy Hefner could tinker with his stuff and really kind of get him into what is probably going to be, you know, a really, really effective left-handed reliever. Definitely. I like him a lot as a left-handed reliever. I also think Tony Watson is pretty underrated as a guy with a legit four-pitch mix out of the bullpen. Adam Connolly, I tweeted about him twice today. I've been talking about him for months. He's the type of pitching project, throws upper 90s from the left side with a nasty changeup. You can really reap the rewards of signing a guy like Adam Connolly to a short deal. The one guy I'm a little bit afraid of, kind of cautious with, is Andrew Chafin. He's a guy who seems to be the most popular pick from people on Twitter about teams need to sign a left-handed reliever. His stuff just doesn't really do it for me. Like, I see his pitches. Besides his slider, like, none of them, none of the other ones grade super well. Even though that slider gets incredible amount of whiffs, like, over 50% last year, it just doesn't have great, like, physics on it. Like, it doesn't move a lot. It's not thrown very hard. It doesn't spin very much. He's someone who's going to command a multi-year deal, and I just don't know if that is where the money should be spent on a reliever. Well, just like we did with Loop last year, you can get a lefty who's got good guts, like you said, with Adam Conley or even Jake Diekman. Who's or Tony Watson. Success, or Tony Watson. And you can kind of mold them and sculpt them into what you want to, and you can put them in situations that are favorable so that they are able to perform like we did with Loop. We all know Loop's not putting up a one ERA out in LA again this year. That's just not going to happen. So to expect that from any reliever is pretty, pretty unrealistic. Go out and get a guy that you like the guts, you like the stuff that they have. Let Jeremy Hefner work his magic, and we can probably find a little flash in the pan there. Yeah, for sure. Even if like you get to the bottom of the barrel, we spent the money on starting pitching another big bat. Like Joe Smith is a guy who's just always exactly what he is. Like he's gonna get some ground balls. He's gonna he's gonna get lefties out with that big sweeper. Like former Met as well. Exactly. Came up with the Mets. Drafted by the Mets. Part of the 2006 team. How funny would that be? But like <laughs> that that'd be full circle. Yeah. It's you gotta get creative. I think with the current reliever market because you're not a sexy reliever is never making it to free agency. Kenley Jansen probably is the sexiest reliever on the market, but he's while he's still, I think, really good, there's some cracks, there's some real chinks in the armor, and I don't know if he's going to be worth the massive like financial commitment he will cost. And also, I don't even know if he'd sign somewhere not to close. Like He's kind of earned the right to be able to close wherever he goes. He just wouldn't be the best or even second-best reliever in this Mets bullpen as currently constructed. Yeah, and it feels like right now, at least from a needs perspective, pitching on both sides mm-hmm. should be the big focus for the Mets. That being said, all the rumors, all the fun names are on the offensive side. Sure. And the names that we're hearing, big one right now, Freddie Freeman. Harold Reynolds said that he's the, the, the Mets are the second favorite to get him. Now, Harold Reynolds doesn't really have any insider information. I'm sure he's just speaking from what he would like to see. And that's, of course, a rumor that came up earlier during this lockout. But realistically, Freddie Freeman's not coming to the Mets. We have a lot bigger problems. That money can be spent elsewhere. Definitely. Well, Buster only 11 minutes ago just tweeted, the veteran, veteran agent says Mark is zooming. He's already heard about six to eight deals. Okay, I like to hear that. There might be maybe within the next 15 minutes of this episode yeah. a, a breaking news here. But I do agree with you, Freddie Freeman. Like, it'd be sick to have Freddie Freeman on this team, but I just don't I don't see how that's, that's how you're going to spend your money, you know? 
that's a move that makes us better, but it doesn't move the needle for me. Like, I think the Mets are like... I, I, it definitely moves the needle. You can't say that Freddie Freeman doesn't move the needle. Are you fucking nuts? No, I'm saying, like, it's not like we automatically become the best team in the National League East, where I think getting a guy like Carlos Rodon, who's going to probably require the similar amount of money as Freddie Freeman, that's the move that makes us the team to beat in the National League East right now. Yeah, sure, but Freddie Freeman does move the needle. Like, I can't okay, understand fine, not fine. one of the best hitters in baseball not moving the needle. That was a poor choice of words. But he is, fine, wasn't the best choice, yeah. He is great. I just, again, I don't see what you said is true. I don't see how Freddie Freeman makes us the team to beat in this division. You still need to get more depth, more oatmeal into this roster. Because you got the Mets have star power. The Mets already have a first baseman who's one of the best power bats in baseball. And sure, Freddie Freeman would be an instant upgrade over whoever basically your theoretical DH would be heading into next year. But the way this roster is lined up, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, the Mets need more guys who can play positions other than first base. Positional flexibility would be huge. The DH is going to be almost used as a spot to either platoon guys, get guys with better matchups, and almost give guys days off when they need it and keep that bat still in the lineup. Chris Bryant's, I feel like, another name that a lot of people are mentioning too still because technically we can fill him in at third base. He could be a, an outfield spot. Um, I, don't, I don't think Chris Bryant's coming to the Mets, though. That, that, that one... Almost feels less likely to me than Freddie Freeman in a way. I disagree with you wholeheartedly. I think there's a good chance that the Mets splurge on, on Chris Bryant, but I don't think it's a very good chance. Like, I don't think it's a very high possibility. But I think if either guy you have to get, I could see it being Chris Bryant because it feels an obvious need. The Mets need a third baseman. The Mets have needed a third baseman basically since David Wright's got spinal stenosis. They really haven't had a guy you can hang your hat on there. You like to think that within the next 18 months, you have two guys who might be able to step in and play that position, but they're still probably not going to hit as well as Chris Bryant over the next three seasons. And it seems like that's when the Mets want to compete is the next three seasons. So it's kind of a weird situation, similar to the Yankees and their shortstop uh, issue, but I don't know. I think it, another free agent bat is much more reliable than Chris Bryant, even though he doesn't give the defensive versatility, and that's Kyle Schwarber. Of yeah. all the available bats, I think he's by far the best bang for your buck. But he just does that stupid thing where he can't really play the field super well, and it doesn't fit with the Mets roster besides for the fact that he's a beast. I will say this, though, and to be fair, it is a massive upgrade over Dom, who has that position basically right now of what Kyle Schwarber would be, which is going to be the DH first base on days to give Pete Alonso off day. And he can play the outfield. is actually probably better than he does first base. So to me... Better than Dom. Yeah, better than Dom. Yeah, for sure. So to me... Kyle Schwarber feels like a really, really good fit, and I, I, I feel like that's, you want to talk about an upgrade, you are upgrading on Dom Smith, and uh, we love Dom, of course, and if he could bring that bat back, he's got a spot in the lineup every single day for sure, because what he did in 19 and 20, he was unbelievable at the plate, but until we see that version of Dom Smith back, you have to look to improve, especially when you're a team that's looking to win a World Series right now. Definitely, I, also, I just don't think that Kyle Schwarber gets the credit he deserves for all the adjustments he made last year. If he would have stayed healthy and played the full season, he would have been the type of guy commanding a monster deal, probably similar to Nick Cassianos. His chase rate was in the 89th percentile of players in baseball, so that means only 11% of all of the players... Wait. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, only 11% of the players in baseball swung at less pitches outside the strike zone than Kyle Schwarber, and with that, he was near the top of the league in barrels, top of the league in max exit velocity, near the top of the league in hard hit rate. He is truly an elite power hitter, much, much, much better than just being a good hitter that he's always been thought to be, because those adjustments last year to his chase rate were really, really astronomically important. And we saw especially those series with the Nationals against the Mets. He finally found a way to get to those high fastballs. That was always a big problem with Kyle Schwarber. He whiffed through the high fastballs. wasn't quick enough to get around. Something happened. I don't know what it was, but he started to get around on them. And he is going to be a rock-solid hitter 
for as long as you can imagine based on the plate skills that he's developed. Yeah, he's like the beer league softball guy where you're like, no matter what, this dude is always going to mash. And we saw it last year against the Mets. I would love to bring in Kyle Schwarber. He makes that lineup really, really scary. I mean, you hit him after Pete, right? Or even before Pete, however you want to set it up, lefty, righty, lefty, righty. That's a tough, that's a tough, you have to pitch to one of those guys. You don't want to pitch to either of them. He gets on base so much. I would hit him as high in the order as you felt the need to. Like, I, I wouldn't even hate him at two or three to head to Pete behind me. Again, like he, adding Kyle Schwarber to the top of this lineup would be disgusting. I just, we need to clear out the bottom of guys who can't hit, who can't field, I mean, to make room for him. And that's J.D. Davis, that's Robinson Cano, and that's Dom Smith. You can't have all three of those guys and Kyle Schwarber on this roster. There's only so many things that Luis Guillorme can do with the glove. To be fair, I did see something on Twitter uh, about a rumor that possibly the Red Sox could be interested in J.D. Davis, which is interesting. And if that is, got to pick up the phone and call and talk. I think a lot of teams could and should be interested in J.D. Davis, especially the teams that have left first base open to a platoon, like the Red Sox, like the Dodgers, like the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think that and all soon to be the Oakland Athletics. I think there's a lot of value that J.D. Davis has. And that's another reason why I don't think that it's the most necessary thing in the world for the Mets to go out and get the most powerful bat we can find. Because J.D. Davis is a very good hitter. You can Especially against lefties. Absolutely. And, you can, and the Mets need a guy who can hit. I mean, actually, the Mets lineup is pretty righty heavy right now, right? Yeah, I mean, Canna is righty. Yeah. Starling Marte is righty. Yeah. We, the lefties are spread out evenly, pretty much. Yeah. But still, J.D. Davis is that good with the bat. It's indisputable. He just can't play the field for jack shit. And at least Schwarber is... Better than the worst outfielder in baseball, which is what J.D. Davis and Dom Smith have proven to be. But it's very weird what the Mets have going on with this roster. I'd love to see a trade made to clear up some of this confusion before we had clarity on the free agents. Also, I mean, I say that, but fuck it. Like, sign the big free agents, do what you got to do, and then make the trades later. Get the get the pieces and figure out how they're going to fit because you still have four weeks before we have to get this thing together. But... It's going to be interesting to see how they handle this roster over the next week or so. Definitely. Definitely. It's not fun to say. Like, of course, we'd want Carlos Correa, yeah. Trevor Story, Chris Bryant, Freddie Freeman. Bring them all in. But we know realistically is it's not going to happen. You might get one. There's a chance for one, but you're not going to get them all. I mean, truthfully, the, once the Mets sign almost any player worth half a shit, you're going to go over the, the Steve Cohen tax line, which is $290 million. Right now they're about, like we said before, 271 Once you go over that line, there's no more penalties. You're paying 80% of the money you've paid back for going over the tax. But, like, I don't know how much Steve Cohen cares about that. Oh, an extra... What's it be? An extra $80 million. Watch out. I'm Steve Cohen. Must be nice, right? To just <laughs> wipe your ass with $80 million. Yeah, just you know, sell another piece of art. You're right back. So, I mean, really at the end of the day, it's probably more depth on the offensive side. But yeah. I think Kyle Schwarber is, if we're talking about a legit bat, big player, that's the guy. If we're talking about likelihood, I think it goes Schwarber, Bryant, Freeman. And I don't think any of these guys are even that close to the other one. Yeah, it seemed, and also like from all the reports before and even during the lockout, it seems like Cohen wants Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, Steve Cohen's kind of like the casual fan. He's like, give me that guy, that powerful guy, bring him in. <laughs> yeah, he, he hit how many home runs against us last year? He's now playing for us. Bring him in. Which, listen, we will take him with open arms. I'd love to bring Kyle Schwarber in, especially because the Phillies could 100% get Kyle Schwarber in. He would hit 150 home runs a year in Philadelphia. A year? <laughs> a year. Uh, in that band box, the way he swings? Come on. Everyone get ready because the Phillies are going to sign at least two good players and it's going to be upsetting as Mets fans. They're probably going to bring in like Brian and Conforto or something crazy like that. But just, yeah. Oh, did you hear about the Ranger Suarez news today? No. He's not going to be ready for opening day because of his visa 
Wow, how, that's crazy. How crazy is that? Because he didn't, I guess, get it renewed in time to get started. Like maybe he didn't because he was training down. I don't know if he's Venezuelan or Dominican. But, yeah, there's also going to be a couple guys, news coming out over the next week or so, who are not going to be ready on Major League rosters for opening day. Cross your fingers for Cano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, man, uh, if Robinson Cano can't make it for opening day, what are we going to do? Dep- the deportation of Robinson Cano would be a tragedy. Oh, man, someone slip him some more steroids. Oh, no, uh, the, re- the restricted list. Oh, no, we need a new roster uh, spot. Oh, no. Oh, no, $23 million. That wouldn't be the worst thing ever. <laughs> oh, my God. LOL, no, you're so hot. Please. He's just a guy, I feel like, as Mets fans, we get anything out of him. It's whatever. We know he's existing on this team. But any plans that include saying, well, we have Robinson Cano, you should stop talking. Don't yeah. say anything. He's, he's irrelevant to this team. Anything he does is a positive at this point. Besides with the fact that Starling Marte played here to play with Robinson Cano. Yes, but let's be honest. Like, Robinson Cano, like, let's pretend. Like, you're like, oh, well, we're, we're clogged up at second base because we got Robinson Cano. Stop it. No, there's none of that. There's, that talk should not exist. Over under 70, no. Over under... 43 games Robinson Cano plays at second base this year. Ooh, okay. At second base? Yes. Ah, that's an under. I don't, yeah? I don't, you think uh, under 43? I, don't, I think under 43 because I think he's going to get a lot of his time at DH, and he's going to be playing second base to give whoever's playing there, whether it's McNeil or maybe even Eduardo Escobar on some days. Under 36? Um, give, I think that's kind of where we hang. Yeah. Because you got to remember, too, Guillaume is going to get a lot of time, too, and I think we probably sign a guy like VR maybe back um, to be one of our depth guys, which I think would be a really nice addition or – not even addition, nice guy to bring back because he could play shortstop in a, in a pinch, play third, he could play second, and God forbid we ever need this, he could play center field. Pat Regazzo three minutes ago. Mets are currently very focused on adding pitching, both starting and relief. Good. Love to hear it. Yes. This Mets team, it feels like we're going to be built different than we've seen in the past. It feels like we're going to go after the things we need. We're going to get good players. We're going to spend money. It's so nice that baseball is back. I mean, is there is there any other players maybe under the radar, James, that you have that you think could maybe be a Met? Or eh, we kind of covered everybody, you think? Mostly everyone. Two guys I've mentioned a few times are Brad Miller and Donovan Solano. They could basically both play second and third, similar to Escobar, but going to cost a little bit less money and probably hit almost as well. I think we're going to see a depth infielder come in. Also VR, same boat. Just a guy who can also play second and third, especially if we don't sign outfielder. McNeil winds up being the fourth outfielder as well as probably starting second baseman, or if he gets moved, because those rumors are still active as well. Yeah, which I, I hope we don't move McNeil. He really does help this team out a lot, especially if he does have a bounce back, which it seems like he should. It seems like last year was more of a fluke than the player he truly is. He might not be that one 130 WRC plus guy that we saw in 2019, but he definitely is a much better hitter than we saw last year, and he's he's got to bounce back, so I, I don't want to move him. I don't either. We could we could maybe save that for a future episode, because emergency episode... Emergency episode, emergency episode. And you know what? I think that's a perfect way to wrap up the emergency episode. We gave you some names. We gave you some rumors. We gave you what you were craving. And honestly, we were craving to talk about this too because now it it actually has some real reason behind it. It's not just speaking out loud and just, ah, you know, this or that. This is all stuff that can really happen. You know what it has? What? Some legs. It has some legs. Yes, it has some legs. Baseball is back. The Mets season starts on April 7th in Washington. Scherzer's going to make his first ever Mets start in his old home, which is going to be super interesting. We're going to be here every week for you guys, maybe even twice a week. uh, During the season, for sure, twice a week. But maybe in the offseason, maybe more than twice a week. If the Mets are making moves, we're dropping episodes. So you guys know what to do. Follow us on all our social media, at MetsedUp, YouTube channel for the video content as well. Follow James on Twitter, at JeterHadNoRange, me, at GiraffeNickMark. 
iTunes, Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever it is, follow us on there, subscribe to the podcast, download it, drop us a rating, drop us a review. It really does help us out. Baseball season is back. We're excited. We're ready to pump out content. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Mets Up Podcast. Peace out. Peace out, guys. See you next time.